podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. And MJF is but look, look at MJF's demeanor. Yo, he he thought he had in a bag here. He thought this match with Cody would never happen after tonight. And now we are inching closer to revolution. The next stop for all of this is Atlanta in a cage. Oh, my God. Look at Oh, God. Oh, God. That's That son of a bitch. Look at Wardlow. Sheeps. MJF run like scalded dogs out of here. And, and the AEW locker room emptying out. And they are in pursuit of MJF through the crowd. It's chaotic here. It's a brand new episode of the Elitist Cinema Geekly's AEW podcast. It's Anthony Lewis and Nick Montez, and we're back to talk more AEW Dynamite on TNT. Uh, real quick before we hop into the show this week, as always, uh, AEW Dark. Nick, did you see any of Dark this week? There was a, a much-hyped match on the show this week. Oh, what was it? So they showed the Kenny Omega and Riho versus Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford intergender match that they had on the Jericho cruise. Uh, and by intergender, I mean intergender, like men wrestled women and so on and so forth. Uh, really? It was no mixed match challenge stuff. Yes. So like Riho's in there with uh, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford's in there with Kenny Omega, which is not two people I would have ever expected to say were like in a match together. Uh <laughs> As a lot of people were saying it was like incredible, but like when I watched it, I didn't even, I didn't even manage to hit three stars for me. Uh, it may have been better, but like this match was not filmed for television, so this is like really bad independent wrestling level film. It's I'm almost surprised that they put it on dark uh, for all these people to see. It was literally one camera that I'm pretty sure wasn't even a television camera. The quality wasn't TV camera. It was like a 
high def camera, but it wasn't like a, you know, TV camera. And it was literally, it was, yeah, it was just the one camera with no commentary or anything. And what? it was, a yeah, there was no commentary over it. It was, yeah, it was literally like one of those old ECW fan cams. Uh, that's exactly what it felt like. Uh, and the match was probably better than what the presentation was, but the presentation was not very good, and it certainly hurt it. Uh, but Riho and Penelope Ford never looked better in a match. So there is really? that. Uh, they looked pretty good in this match. And uh, the other thing of note on the show this week was, in fact, the Hikaru Shida versus Mel match, because I was telling you that I, I had read that Mel and Luther had beaten up Awesome Kong after this match, and they did indeed take out Awesome Kong. Okay. And somebody explained this to me later in a way that made perfect sense. She's going to film the last season of Glow, so they had to write her off of AEW for a while. Ah, that makes more sense, yeah. But I um, after this week's I, episode of Dynamite, it is I think it is pretty clear that the Nightmare Collective is done. Good. Well, that's that's a positive. Hey, you know, if it didn't work out, just move on to something different. Sure. And uh, I got to say, I definitely I'm going to have to check out that uh, intergender match just for the fact that I feel like Penelope and Kenny Omega would be a spring break type match. And I also think Rio could totally take Kip Sabian. So that would be cool to see. Yes, Uh, it was a pretty good it was a pretty good match. I think it would have been definitely better with a better presentation. But its mm. presentation kind of kind of hurt it for me. Uh, let's talk about AEW Dynamite episode number eighteen on TNT. Uh, I thought this episode was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it had one great match. Uh, it had a couple of good matches, and it also had several great angles. So I can't wait to talk about this. So uh, it begins with the recap of last week's events. And uh, the show starts properly with John Moxley and Ortiz. Uh, Excalibur has a new nickname for John Moxley. Nick, he's calling him Big Boss. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> Metal Gear Mox is a thing now. Uh, the Hell rest, yes. of, the rest of the inner circle come out. Jericho and Sammy Guevara are on commentary and are actually really funny uh, on commentary. He gives Sammy a piece of advice. He's like, "Hey, never be nice to anyone." <laughs> <laughs> Sammy Guevara is like, okay, I'm going to write that down. Uh, early distraction in the match gives Ortiz the advantage on Moxley. Moxley gets worked over and, of course, eventually mounts a comeback. Hits a suicide dive on Santana. Uh, boss man slam uh, in the ring for a two. Uh, Ortiz hits uh, Moxley with a tope suicida con hero on the outside. That was crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. He goes and accidentally bonks into Santana. And Moxley hits him with the snap paradigm shift for the win. Uh, before we talk about the post-match, uh, what did you think of the match? I thought it was a solid match. Nothing really blow away, but overall, you know, fun. It looks like Mox has a better uh, eye patch this week. They taped it up a lot more. Yes. Um, I, uh, it's like a I noted, <laughs> Right. I noted that JR, I think he called... Jericho, the Reverend of Reinvention. Yes, yeah, something I like thought that. that was pretty nice. <laughs> uh, Jericho on comedy uh, or on commentary was a big highlight of this match. I think at one point he thanked Sammy Guevara for starting the th- singing of his theme song. Yes. He's like he gave him all that credit. Yes, um, I gave this one 
two and three quarter stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. I just wasn't blown away. I felt like it was pretty standard. Yeah. There were some good good things in it, but I wasn't quite to that three level. Yeah, it didn't last quite long enough for me to give it a three. I think maybe if it had gone a little bit longer, I would have. But I went mm-hmm. with two and three quarters as well. Grapple with a 2.98. Um, they thought it was a three. Uh, post-match, what an angle this was. So Santana gets into the ring. He gets stopped with another paradigm shift. And then Moxley pulls out the car keys to the Ford GT. And Jericho is freaking out. He's got my car keys. Uh, and then Moxley grabs Santana and looks at Jericho and says an eye for an eye. And Jericho knows what's going to happen. He's already freaking out. He's saying, get down there. Get down there. And Moxley stabs Santana in the eye with a car key. And people are running out, like uh, officials and stuff. This was uh, maybe in in other places at other times, they would have swiftly moved on with the show, but they really lingered on this for a while to let you know that this is a serious injury. And uh, we would get more on this later, but I thought this was great. Oh yeah, uh, that's uh, Mox's badass level, you know. Mm-hmm. He ain't just gonna sit there and take that. Not only did he go after the whole inner circle last week, now he's stabbing people back in the eye. I love it. Yep. Uh, best friends in SCU. Uh, we get a competitive back and forth match in the early going. It spills to the floor. Everyone is down. Orange Cassidy just walks over there, surveys <laughs> the area. And just lays down with all of the other people uh, <laughs> going into the commercial break. Um, during the break, the best friends manage to isolate Kazarian and work him over. Uh, when we come back, there's a tag to Scorpio Sky, who runs wild, assists the DDT for a two. Uh, uh, friends, uh, the best friends start a, a double team comeback, essentially, and uh, they go for strong zero. Well, what really happens here is uh, they go for the hug. And they mm-hmm. do the hug, but Jim Ross is questioning whether or not whether or not they should be doing this. They they're so close to having the match won, and they do go for strong zero. But Scorpio Sky does a pump kick uh, to Trent, and of course this sends Trent flying, and uh, it's a turned into a, a code red instead for SCU, and they get the win. Uh, there's a post match on this too, but before we talk about it, what did you think of the match? It was a good match. I uh, I noted down that I totally noticed Chuck um, slap himself in the chest and hurt himself. Yes. <laughs> and that He's just awesome. had me laughing hard. Oh, he isn't. Man, Orange Cassidy is over as fuck, dude. He... <laughs> it's really crazy, isn't it? It amazes me. Like, I... I thought he was hilarious. The first time I ever saw him was at um, Lost in New York, uh, GCW show. Yeah. And... I saw him in a ladder match and saw him trying to climb the ladder, but not being able to set it up the right way to do it. <laughs> and, and I instantly loved him just because I kind of got the joke. I love that everyone's in on the joke and that yeah. he's such a big deal. It makes you wonder where they're going to go with him eventually. Also, um, how jealous is the rest of the roster of this guy? Right? He's collecting a paycheck. He's working like once a week. Maybe he's doing some indies. I know he's doing some indies. They, I, I saw that he just got announced for a match with Minoru Suzuki, which is going to rule all of the worlds. Uh, But (laughs) (laughs) this dude is barely working. And then when he's working, he's barely working. (laughs) Uh, 
everyone must be jealous of that. He could do this character, assuming he finds new and creative ways to do it. He could hypothetically do this character for a hundred years. Yep. It's awesome. Um, Dude. What did you give this one? I give this one three stars. Yeah, me too. Uh, I thought this was really solid. Uh, a step up from, I think these guys, uh, was was it uh, SCU and uh, Hybrid 2 last week? Uh, mm-hmm. This was a so. this was a step up from that, and the crowd was definitely more into it. Grapple with a two point nine seven, so they're right there with a three uh, for sure as well. Post match, the Dark Order immediately attack, uh, and they wipe out everybody. But Orange Cassidy comes in to confront them. <laughs> Evil Uno wants to offer this man a mask. Tony Schiavone is convinced that even if he did wear a mask, we're pretty sure we'd be able to tell it was Orange Cassidy. <laughs> which would be awesome. I want to see Dark Order. I want to see Dark Orange Cassidy, where he's just wearing the mask, but nothing else about him has changed. Same outfit. He's just wearing a mask. I think that would rule. But yes. he does not accept it. He puts the hands in his pockets, and they nail him. Then Christopher Daniels, who oddly had not come out with SCU for this match, he comes running out, and all of Dark Order back off. They don't yep. touch him. They're like six, seven on one, but they back away. And Christopher Daniels is begging them to get into the ring and fight him. I think at the very least, they are teasing heavily that Christopher Daniels is the exalted one. Dude, um, it makes perfect sense, too, because mm-hmm. wasn't he one of the names to possibly be, uh, what was it, uh, in WWE? He was rumored oh, the, as one rumored of the Rumored to names. be the, the higher power. Higher power. The Hauer power. Hauer um, power. <laughs> so he would fit perfectly in that. I mean, he's been a part of so many groups. I always thought him being a big cult leader would be really cool, but I, mean, I do think it's just a red herring. I mean, the the Vince reveal at the time was actually a letdown. Yep. People were like, oh, Vince again. It has, however, turned into a, just like a great meme within the pro wrestling circle forever. The, it was me, Austin. Ah, oh, son mm-hmm. of a bitch, that whole thing. It's, it's all like a fun meme in the wrestling bubble. But uh, I'm trying to imagine somebody removes the hood and it is Christopher Daniels. Like, <laughs> nobody would even care. Like, they wouldn't recognize him. Like, I don't know. Oh, he's just some indie dude. <laughs> it would have been super strange. Uh, there is a uh, we get some hype for our lashing tonight with Taz talking about how vicious and dangerous and violent this is and things that MJF is going over the line. Um, then we get Britt Baker versus Yuka Sakazaki. Uh, mm-hmm. Highly disappointed that Yuka did not come out to her Joshi theme music, <laughs> which is weird considering what happens when the match is done. Uh, crowd is somewhat behind Yuka, as she hits the magical girl splash early on in the match, um, they get back into the ring and Britt cuts her off, hits a couple moves, goes for the lockjaw. Um, Yuka, ca- like, she counters this and gets her in some weird, wacky pin cradle thingy and just pins her. Then they played Yuka's Joshi theme, which was strange. I have to feel like Kenny had to have been Kenny. He was back there, and they like they made this AEW theme for Yuka Sakazaki, and he's like, "This theme sucks. Just just play her real music when she wins." And then they did. Uh, 
What did you think of this like three minute match? Um, <laughs> I mean, there was definitely some cool spots in it, but I, I did, once again, it wasn't really anything to write home about. I only gave it two stars because there really wasn't much to rate there. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I really did not like this. Uh, I didn't think Brit looked good at all. Uh, I, you know, I can remember, uh, when they announced her signing, that was actually pretty excited because I remember the four-way match from All In. Yep. Uh, now, I know she was in there with, like, Tessa Blanchard and Chelsea Green and, uh, uh, oh, my God, who is the the fourth woman? I'm blanking on her name. Spacing uh, on it, too. Uh, she was in TNA for the longest time. Josh Matthews' oh, wife. Madis- Madison, Madison Rain. Rain. Yes. But I thought Britt looked great in that match. She yeah. was fluid and flowing and hitting all of her stuff, and it all looked crisp. Like, I thought she came out of that match like, whoa, she's got a ton of potential. Oh, yeah. And I thought she looked good double or nothing uh, as well in the four-way match there. But then after that, like, she hasn't really, imp- since the concussion especially, she hasn't really impressed. And here I just thought she... Like, sometimes she hits stuff and it looks fine, but other times she looks really unsure of her movements and some stuff just doesn't connect very good. Um, Yuka tried. Yuka's really good, but even even this made Yuka kind of look lost at times as well. Um, I thought the post-match was better than the actual match. I gave this one and a half, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Grapple 1.93, so they agreed with you, Nick. Okay. I thought I was being too harsh. I uh, think I I added more points because of the post match. What we're about to describe, and I think that's why. But yeah, Yuka, I agree with you. Oh, I was, I was just going to say, Yuka, um, she's uh, she's celebrating here. She's unranked, and she beat Britt Baker, who is like number four or three in the rankings. Um, so she's celebrating when Britt hits her from behind with the ring bell. Not just the ring bell, but like the stand that they've bolted it to as well. Mm -hmm. So that thing looked heavy. Uh, She hit her with that and then makes her bite down on the bottom rope and then stomps on her head. And then the next thing you know, Yuka's got blood coming out of her mouth and there's a tooth. She kicked a tooth out of Yuka Sakazaki's head. Mm -hmm. I had heard somebody suggest the only thing that would have made this better is if Britt had then like reached into her tights and pulled out a business card and set it down in front of Yuka Sakazaki and then left. Hell yeah. That actually would have been great. And we would have been pretty cartoony, (laughs) but you know what? I would have enjoyed that. Uh, But I mean, this whole thing is kind of, you know, but she's a dentist. She knows how to remove people's teeth, Nick. So this made sense. And now that she's a heel dentist, that's what she's doing. Maybe taking out the teeth and getting your money. Maybe, maybe Tony Khan could shell out enough money to get Glenn Jacobs to appear as Isaac Yankum and he could be your mentor. (laughs) Uh, I'd pay to see that. Hell yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, The Elite and Hangman Page against The Butcher and The Blade and The Lucha Brothers in the eight man tag team match on the AEW Dynamite. Lots of thes. And I, I thought this match was awesome. Everything about this match I thought was great. Uh, everything, including uh, even though I've already discussed how much I hate 
the BTE theme as a theme song. It's just not a great pro wrestling entrance theme, but they all come out to it. But Paige first, and he's like way out and ahead. If this is a marathon, he has left Kenny and the Young Bucks in the dust. He is out of that. He is out of that entrance way and down the ramp and in the ring as Kenny and the Young Bucks get up on the stage and they do their poses and stuff. Already starting to tell this story. Um, this match starts with the blade being literally obliterated. He just, everybody comes in and just kicks, kicks his ass. Uh, triple teams with the elite, like a triple drop kick. Uh, they're all on top until Phoenix hits a massive dive going into the break. Uh, bad guys at this point take control during the break. Uh, tag to Matt Jackson coming back from the break. It does the Northern Express. Uh, hits a double one on the Lucha Brothers. Uh, Kenny gets in. He starts running wild, but he gets cut off. Then Hangman Page gets in. And this crowd goes crazy for this guy. Hits the big Orihara moonsault. Crowd loves him. Uh, throughout throughout everything he's been doing in this match, though, he's tweaked his knee, and the, and the announcers have pointed out this. He's done it a couple of times. Um, both teams start doing quadruple teams, mm-hmm. which, is, which is a lot of fun. I thought there was a point where they almost lost the match, like they... Like, things were going so crazy in Haywire that they almost got their, their wires crossed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they almost lost control of the match, but they never let that happen. They, they managed to, to get things back under control. Uh, more crazy running wild stuff, but Paige tweaks his knee again. It's at this point that Matt gets up, and he's begging for the tag. Paige goes to walk over to him, but he limps, and he looks over at Matt, and he's like, no, nah, I can do this. And instead of doing it, he gets laid out by the Lucha Brothers. The Young Bucks get pulled off the apron. The Lucha Brothers had a spike fear factor, and the bad guys won. The commentary questions Hangman Page's decision. And uh, post-match, the Young Bucks are heated about the finish, but Kenny is the one who sides with Hangman Page uh, and tries to cool the jets of everyone. I thought this match ruled. What did you yes. think? Oh, dude, this match was awesome. I felt like Hangman was wrestling like a man with a death wish, just going in there after everyone, he kicking was ass. Can you dude. imagine? Like, I'm okay with him doing something now. Like, you can do the story of, like, he was he was in the first world title match and failed, but could you imagine if this was the Hangman page they had going into that match with Jericho? Holy oh, crap. Oh. <laughs> He's amazing right That now. would be incredible. But I honestly think that like everything since him losing the world title. Yeah. Right, yeah. This kind of all leads back to that moment. He mm-hmm. failed there in a big way, and he's been trying to make himself relevant again ever since, and nothing is making him feel better. Like, it sucks, but it's like yeah. you want to cheer for him because he kicks so much ass. Yeah. Um, I, I did note in the crowd that someone had an awesome sign that I noticed during this match asking them to make a new Aki wrestling game. Um, <laughs> yes. Of course, being No Mercy and WrestleMania and all those games that came out for the N64. Mm-hmm. Um, AEW, get on that. Um, the tandem moves were so much fun. Um, yeah. Everyone just looked like a million dollars in this match. Um, I think that's going to happen no matter what when you got the Elite and the Lucha Bros in there. Yeah. Um, Butcher and the Blade didn't even look bad either. Like I gave no. this one four stars. It comes with like high recommendations such a good match yeah this was the uh, the best match of the wednesday night wars this week uh yes. i thought for sure i gave it a four 
as well. Uh, best match on AEW TV in uh, a few weeks. Uh, Grapple with a 3.74. Mm-hmm. So three and three quarters, but I'm sure there's a lot of fours uh, mixed in there as well. Uh, Tony Schiavone about to interview Kenny Omega when Pac interrupts him on the screen. Says that clearly he doesn't give a shit about Michael Nakazawa anymore. So maybe he's going to give a shit about Riho. Says that there was supposed to be a contract signing, but Kenny has now ruined that. Now, I saw some people have been like, what is he talking about? I'm pretty sure he means a contract signing for Riho and Nyla Rose. Because uh, uh, they have a championship match next week. And Pac is saying that Kenny ruined it. Kenny ruined it in Pac's eyes because he is not taking his challenge seriously. So Pac is ruining it, but it's Kenny's fault. Uh, and uh, he's threatening Riho, and Kenny immediately accepts the match for as soon as it can happen. Pac says, that's good. It, it wasn't that hard. Uh, I'm. He's like, I was never going to beat up Riho. I'm a bastard, but I'm not a beast. But she is, and Nyla Rose attacks Riho from behind. Kind of puts her through a table, but Riho is so teeny that she does mm-hmm. not break this table. And uh, Nyla says, next week, Riho's ass belongs to Nyla. Uh, what did you think of that? It made me care a lot more about seeing uh, Nyla Rose go after Riho. I think uh, I, I, a lot of people love the first match just for the energy, but I, I thought that was a weak match. It was kind of a disappointment for me with their women's title match. Mm-hmm. Um, so this definitely gets me more invested. I want to see, see this on TV. Like I hope, I hope Nyla pulls out a better match. Cause I think that she's been kind of, I, I, I really haven't seen a great Nyla Rose match yet. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, Darby Allen, Darby Allen video. He sent into the AEW production truck He's about to say something, but he can't as we get quick cuts to, uh, them beating up Darby with his skateboard, and of course Sammy Guevara jamming the skateboard into his throat. So because Darby cannot say anything, he then looks over his shoulder, and there is the life-size step like cutout of Jericho and Sammy Guevara hugging, and Darby Allen somehow has a giant flamethrower and then just raises this stand-up to the ground. <laughs> Message sent. Hell yeah. I'm just picturing Darby Allen. He's like, I'm just going to go get the flamethrower from the basement. Like, of course he's got one. Yeah. Um, Probably don't got a PlayStation 4, but he's got a flamethrower. Unexpectedly, we get Kip Sabian and Joey Janela, who have been feuding, but thought for sure they'd like announce this match is taking place, but we're just getting it here. Yeah. This is one of their storylines, and it was just thrown out randomly. I don't even think it was announced beforehand. Yeah. Uh, Joey kicks his ass. Kip cuts him off. Crowd is not feeling this match. Uh, mm. Kip and Joey are trying to have a heated battle in front of this crowd, but they're just not invested. Joey makes a comeback. Uh, he gets cut off. Joey goes headfirst into the steps. Penelope slams him into the steps as well. Dead silence going into a commercial break. Uh, back from the break, and uh, Joey hits a tope suicida. A German on the floor. A really cool German. Like Kip goes to do this flip off the middle rope to the outside and Joey kind of like does this go behind while Kip's in like midair, mid flip and perfectly catches him and Germans him on the floor. Uh, that was really cool. 
Uh, it's a cool. big lariat for it too. Crowd has now mildly gotten into this match. Sheer drop Death Valley Driver from Joey Janela for a two. Jim Ross is being a total old man pervert about Penelope yes. Ford. Good <laughs> lord. Uh, I just know she's got blue eyes. All of a sudden. Tony Schiavone. <laughs> uh, uh, where was that? Oh, Penelope goes to give uh, Kip Sabian the kiss of life to revive him. Joey runs into him, but he moves out of the way, and Joey runs into Penelope and knocks her off the apron, and Kip schoolboys him with the tights for the win. What did you think of this? Uh, with, with like, no hype behind it, the crowd not being into it, and the match was okay. It just, you know, didn't have anything. Like, I would say the spot we discussed earlier was probably the best thing about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I gave it two and a quarter star, like, kind of bummed out that this didn't get announced beforehand and we couldn't get a little hype built for it. It was just randomly thrown out there and it was just a so-so match. Yeah. I think the problem with this was, and it's not that like they didn't work hard. They tried for sure. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, a little twofold. Uh, Kip Sabian, I think can be good at promos. Uh, and he's got like good mannerisms and stuff, but he's not particularly exciting in the ring. Like he's not bad. Like, a generation ago, he would have been considered very, very good. But <laughs> these days, like, the bar is so high for great wrestlers, you got to have a little something extra going for you. And he just doesn't seem to have whatever that little something extra would be, at least not right now. Uh, and the other the other fold the, of the other of the twofold problem here is a lot of this storyline is stuff that happened off screen. So Joey Janela and Penelope Ford were together when they did the press conference for AEW, but they broke up in between the press conference and like, I think they appeared on double or nothing together in the battle Royal. Uh, yeah. She but, was helping them out in that match, but they broke up in between then and the next set of shows and way before they went, ever went to TV and mm -hmm. she started dating Kip Sabian all of this happened off screen. None of it was part of a storyline. And you kind of have to be like pretty inside to know the story. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people here just weren't very invested in it. Uh, so it's tough to do that angle. Uh, I went two and a half. So I gave it a slightly higher score than you even 2.33 from grapple. Uh, and that is it for the wrestling portion of this show. But there were a lot of good things still to come. Uh, Jericho is backstage with Alex Marvez, gets Marvez out of there right away. He is outraged. How <laughs> could someone spike another person in the eye? What kind of horrible human being would do such a thing? Um, Santana gets patched up. He has an eye patch on the opposite eye of Moxley. He cuts this big fired up promo on Moxley. So this has been the worst year of his life. He's had a he's lived a hard 29 years. They've all been hard. I guess even when he was an infant that was hard. It's it's all been hard for Santana and it's all going to come to bear on Moxley next week. He challenges him to a match an eye for an eye next week. This was awesome. Yes. And I don't think I've ever seen Santana cut a promo like this before. He was really good. Yeah, he was awesome and uh I mean, next week is already pretty stacked, but this adds to it, definitely. Like, I want to see this. 
Uh, we got a pretty clever Dark Order video that was disguised as any, like, U.S. medication ad you'd ever see on television. Yeah, I was not paying attention to this at all until I realized it was a Dark Order. Yeah, so I like, thought it was a commercial. Like in the small print where they usually list all of the side effects, it's just like praise to the exalted one down in the small print uh, and stuff like that. I thought this was really clever. Uh, backstage, the Young Bucks confront Hangman Page. And they're like, why weren't you trying to make the tag? And he's like, guys, I was. Uh, which he was not. <laughs> he, he completely brushed them off. Uh, and Matt says, I think I know what your problem is. And he grabs a cup of beer from Hangman Page's hand and he walks off. And Page looks sad and contemplative. Maybe he is drinking too much, Nick. Maybe he does have a drinking problem. And then, through magic, his hand raises and he is now holding a giant pitcher of beer and he just starts <laughs> drinking from it and the crowd is going crazy because he's awesome yes I, I don't even know what to say he's he's awesome uh we go back to tony shivani excalibur and jim ross and they let us know that next week the women's title is on the line and the tag title match is happening scu is getting their rematch against kenny omega and hangman page but we're not done yet. They also announced new matches for in two weeks' time. Uh, the, in Atlanta, aside from the Cody Wardlow cage match, there will also be a tag team battle royal. The winner will face the tag team champions at the Revolution pay-per-view. In three weeks, uh, we are getting the Kenny Omega pack match, but it'll also be a 30-minute Iron Man match. So yeah, that match yeah, is yeah. going to rule. Um, yes, it is. We get more lash hype this time with Dustin Rhodes talking about how his brother is tougher than MJF thinks. And then Nick, it is time for Lashomania. <laughs> uh, I think that this is an all-time. I mean, look, we're really close to it still, but I feel like history will declare this to be an all-time great wrestling angle. I really feel like it. I love this. I thought this was excellent. I did not know what to expect going in. Um, so MJF comes out. Cody comes out. MJF is kind of stalling a little bit. Tony Schiavone says, just get it over with you, punk. <laughs> He's awesome. MJF says that his belt is too nice to touch Cody Rhodes' skin. He demands he uses Cody's own belt. What a dick. Uh... He hits him one time. The heels come out to watch this from the stage. They want to witness this top babyface get whipped. Uh, MJF takes off his jacket. Now he means business after the first one. He hits Cody with a second lash. And this one fires Cody up. He like spins around on a dime. And is <laughs> right in MJF's face. And MJF is so pleased. Begging him to hit him. Now, I think this goes without saying. They did reinforce it a couple times on the show but the idea behind this is that Cody has to take 10 if he doesn't take 10 then he doesn't get the match with MJF mm -hmm. so they they do reiterate this I think they did reiterate it and they touched on it during this segment but I think that's important to remind people here um, 
After the third lash, Arn Anderson comes out. And he's telling Cody, don't give MJF the satisfaction. I think he's trying to be like, you know, try not to let the pain get to you. Try to block it out. Don't let him see your hurt. That sort of thing. Um, after the fifth lash, Dustin Rhodes comes out. And he gets into the ring. And he tells MJF, it's been enough of this nonsense. If he has to give the rest of the lashes out, Dustin will take them in Cody's place. MJF is like, you can't. Nope, that's not how this works. Cody has to take all of them. So either he's going to quit or you better get out of this ring. And Dustin uh, gives him gives Cody some encouragement. And he fires back up. This crowd is with Cody this whole time. MJF gives him six and seven right away. Like, bang, bang. One after the other. The Young Bucks now come out here. And they're not trying to stop it. They're trying to talk Cody up. They're like, hey, there's only three more left. You can do this. Uh, he hits him with eight. And this time, Cody gives him the bird. Gives him the middle finger. And MJF is kind of panicking now. There are only two lashes left, Nick. And if Cody survives this, well, fuck. He's one step closer to fighting MJF. MJF was sure that Cody would not be able to withstand this. So his plan, and a genius plan at that, is that he decides to bestow one lash to Wardlow. This crowd is chanting, Wardlow sucks. <laughs> Even though we don't know anything about Wardlow, Nick. We, we haven't seen him wrestle, but this crowd is convinced he sucks. And holy shit, did Wardlow give this man a strike with his belt? He, like, wound up. He stepped into it. And had he not hit Cody with a belt, if he'd hit him with anything else, I'm sure Cody would have been sent into the fourth row. Mm -hmm. Holy cow, did he hit this man with this belt. And Cody, at this point, not selling, just collapses to the ground in pain. Horrific. You couldn't pay me to do this. Um, Cody is trying to get up, but he can't. Brandy comes out to the ring. Heel Brandy is dead. She doesn't throw in the towel for him. She isn't mad at him. If anything, she encourages him. She says that you can do this. That's only one more. I love you so much. Cody looks up. He's like holding her hand. He looks up at her like tears are running down this man's face. I'm guessing legitimately from the pain of these belt strikes, especially mm -hmm. that last one kisses Brandy on the hand and barely, barely gets back up to his feet and MJF has been defeated and he knows he's been defeated. Cody turns around. He gives him one more lash right onto the chest, right on the dream tattoo that Cody got to, uh, to honor his father. And Cody, of course, collapses. But that's it. MJF has been defeated, at least in this challenge. Cody Rhodes has lasted all ten lashes. And he doesn't know what to do. He's beside himself. And everybody gets into the ring to, like, help Cody back up and make sure that he's not dead. And they slowly help him back up to his feet. And when this happens, MJF turns around and kicks him right in the dick. And... MJF and Wardlow, and Wardlow, I should add, who is the giant monster here, they both run for their lives 
I've never seen two people flee so quick from a wrestling ring and into the crowd. They sprinted out of here to avoid getting their asses kicked. And uh, at the at the very, very, very end, uh, some fan, I think this is legit, some fan was so pissed about this that he tried to attack MJF. And there was like a quick shot of them struggling for a moment and then they get him out of there. But this is like Cody uh, getting back up to his feet. They play Cody's music. He has been bloodied and beaten, or he's been he's been bloodied and beaten, but not beaten, beaten. He's not been defeated. And uh, this was awesome. Cody's just a great baby face. MJF is a, a great heel. What did you think of this segment? This may be our modern day Tommy Dreamer Sandman moment. Like, yeah, I think this is probably even better than that. I thought, but uh, <sighs> just because I think Cody's a better actor than Tommy Dreamer, but. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and I well, and look, Sandman is no MJF. No, uh, no, he's not. <laughs> MJF was such an asshole, uh, but he's so good about it. Uh, I, I don't even know what does. This is just an all-time great segment. I'm positive this will go down in history. Like, I'm not going to forget this one. This is oh. a this is a keeper for sure. Oh yeah, that was. It got you. I, I like. I didn't think ten lashes would be that big of a deal, but and he sold the hell out of it. And you could see it; his body was torn up afterwards. Oh my goodness! Like I've seen many of the pictures after the fact, the welts, and so many of them are on the shoulder and the neck. Hmm. Holy crap! I mean, he had them everywhere, but ugh, it's a tough guy. Like, no thanks. I would not do that, but man, uh, Cody did it. Good for him. Uh, could not pay me to do that, but it made for great television. I, I was not sure something as old school as this would work, but oh, they really made it work. Uh, yeah, you think that this might be something that would only play out well in front of a live crowd, but mm-hmm. it was great on television. Yeah, yeah. A great episode of Dynamite. And at least for my personal scorecard, they needed it. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, just a great episode. Uh, and that wraps up our episode uh, for this week. Uh, head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for The Elitists. Hit subscribe, and that way you can hear us come back next time and talk about more AEW Dynamite on TNT featuring Riho and Nyla Rose for the AEW Women's World Championship. <laughs>